0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the L.C. Smith Show. I'm sorry for the long break, but we are back with the great Mike Davis. Mike, can you please introduce yourself?
1: Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm Mike Davis. I run the Article 3 project, which is uh, in the judicial fight and the and fighting back against the Democrats' lawfare against President Trump and his top aides and his supporters his attorneys, parents outraged at school board meetings by gender chaos and the resulting rapes in high school bathrooms, Christians praying outside of abortion clinics. I've been uh, very outraged about what happened on October 7th in Israel, and I'm particularly outraged about the, the Hamas supporters in the United States who are cheering on The most vile terrorism imaginable, though, the kidnapping, rape, torture and murder of women, children, babies, the elderly, the disabled, you know, over 1,200 Israelis and Americans were murdered on October 7th. There are still hostages. People are being massacred uh, by by Hamas. And it's just it it really bothers me. So um, we've turned Article 3 project into into that fight as well, where we want to Push to have these Hamas supporters' their visas revoked, uh, they're uh, thrown out of our country. If they're naturalized citizens, having them denaturalize and get them the hell out of America because they're they're trash and they need to get the hell out of America because they don't share our Judeo-Christian values. And uh, if you cheer on terrorists, then you're a terrorist. Uh, then you're a terrorist supporter. So get the hell out of America. And I also run the Internet Accountability Project, which takes on big tech from the right. Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple on data privacy, antitrust, and Section 230.
0: Wow. First of all, as an Orthodox Jew, I thank you for your support uh, of Israel. When the war broke out, I had a I have a brother there learning in school there, and I had a brother who was there for the holiday. It was the holiday when the war broke out, and that night he's not going to appreciate me saying this, but as soon as the holiday was over for us, he went down to the Gaza border the staging station, staging area, and he was handing pizza, uh, giving uh, whatever military items he could to the soldiers. He was one of the first people to do that. A lot more of done, and my brother's back in Lakewood, New Jersey now. But, yeah, so hearing you say that you are uh, fighting Hamas supporters in uh, uh, America, really, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Well, we need to—America and Israel need to stand shoulder to shoulder because— it's the only real democracy. Israel is the only real democracy in the Middle East, and they produce good people and good exports, including, uh, you know, good technology and high-tech, uh, high tech, you know, high tech software programs, high tech hardware programs. They're they're a net net exporter of good in this world, as opposed to Hamas, which uses its aid to b- build terror tun- tunnels and enslaves its people in Gaza and exports rockets into Israel. We need to we need to wipe, wipe Hamas off the map so this never happens again. We need we need to wipe Hezbollah off the map so this never happens again and we need a strong president back in the White House named Donald J Trump because we had peace and prosperity under Trump and there's no way in hell that these attacks uh, by Russia against Ukraine by Hamas against Israel, Hezbollah versus Israel in the United States. There's no way in hell this would be happening under President Donald J. Trump. He brought peace and prosperity to the world, including in the Middle East. He was one of the strongest champions of Israel, moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to to Jerusalem. And he was uh, a rock solid president for the state of Israel. And President Biden, unfortunately, is not. And President Biden may pay lip service to Israel but he has people in his administration who undermine Israel every step of the way, as we saw uh, with Tony Blinken, and uh, undermining Israel every step of the way with Israel's response to October 7th.
0: So true. Speaking of President Trump, the Iowa caucuses last night,
1: what's your initial response to the results? Well, I'm from Iowa. I grew up in Des Moines. I was born and raised there. I went to undergrad there. I went to law school there. So I spent about 25 years in Iowa. Uh, My family's back there, my extended family, my friends. I'm very familiar with Iowa. I've campaigned in all 99 counties. Uh, I've several times. I've worked the Iowa caucuses. And I'll tell you what, what President Trump did in the Iowa caucuses was uh, truly a feat. He won 98 of 99 counties he won over 50 percent of the vote it was a landslide and it was when it was a record we had a record turnout when it was record cold right and the only reason trump only lost one county johnson county which is this liberal enclave where the university of iowa is housed that's my where i went to my alma mater for undergrad and law school and it's this little left-wing whack job school Uh, it's not little it's a big school it's a big 10 school in johnson county Trump only lost Johnson County by one vote, so he would have he could have easily won 99 out of 99 counties. H- uh, Haley beat Trump by one vote in the People's Republic of Johnson County, and uh, but it was a remarkable feat by President Trump. He's clearly going to win this primary. He's clearly going to win back the White House. I think these Republicans like DeSantis. And Haley and the others need to bow out gracefully and get behind President Trump so we're not wasting our resources on a futile primary that Trump's definitely going to win. And we can start focusing our resources on beating President Biden and getting him the hell out of the White House.
0: So. I couldn't agree more that we need to get President Biden out of the White House. And I'm very impressed. Impressed is not the word amazed, astounded by what President Trump pulled off last night. It's obvious the people want him back. It's not even a question about it. The people want him back. Like you said earlier, under President Trump, none of these attacks were happen, so the people want him back. But were you at all shocked by Vivek, or Vivek, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sorry, no insult. Dropping out and endorsing Trump last night, or you were waiting a couple, uh,
1: waiting a couple more primaries. I thought Vivek would, uh, would perform more strongly last night in Iowa. I remember, I think it was back in two thousand. I'm, I'm getting my, my caucuses mixed up. But Ron Paul, Rand Paul's father ran. And he had a surprisingly strong performance in Iowa. And I thought you would get um, a performance like that with Vivek where he had really intense support and they would show up when it was uh, brutally cold. But I just forget that my fellow Iowans are pretty used to cold and 30 or 40 below uh, temperatures with the windchill is not going to scare people off, especially Trump supporters. I think Trump supporters would have climbed over glass to go to the Iowa caucuses to vote for President Trump. And I think a big part of why is this Democrat lawfare against President Trump. These two bogus impeachments, these four bogus indictments for non-crimes, these two illegal gag orders, uh, the civil fraud lawsuit for the non-fraud of a businessman paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks on uh, on time in, uh, in full, as agreed with interest. They're trying to just take them off the ballots because that all that lawfare backfired. I think the American people are getting pretty outraged that these Democrat prosecutors and these Democrat judges and these Democrat hellholes like New York, D.C., and Atlanta think that they get to decide the next presidential election instead of the American people. And I think that's why you saw a lot of people show up in Iowa. There's a, that... This lawfare, this Democrat lawfare, this election interference, they thought that they would take out Trump or significantly weaken him for the general election. But all they've done is uh, they've emboldened him. They've made him stronger. They've made him unstoppable. So speaking about the Democratic lawfare,
0: what's the constitutional or the correct way to respond to removing President Trump from the ballot in colorado
1: and maine i think it's not constitutional what the democrats have done here it's very illegal it's very unconstitutional and i anticipate that the supreme court is going to smack down the colorado supreme court very quickly and very forcefully and i'll tell you what the what the democrats are using like i said the the two impeachments the four indictments the civil fraud for non-fraud the illegal gag orders that lawfare that election interference backfired And so the Democrats threw this legal hail mary. They dusted off this 155-year-old provision out of the Constitution. After the Civil War, we enacted the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the Constitution to outlaw slavery, to guarantee um, equal protection and due process to the freed slaves, and to guarantee voting rights to the freed male slaves, male slaves, and what was happening after the Civil War is you you had Confederates winning elective office, uh, including in the House of Representatives, and they were undermining the Union in the post-Civil War Reconstruction effort. So as part of uh, the 14th Amendment, they added Section 3. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment disqualifies those who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States during the Civil War. Uh, from holding office Uh, and there is a case from then Chief Justice Salmon Chase from 155 years ago that in order to disqualify under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment for insurrection or rebellion Congress has to pass a federal criminal statute for insurrection or rebellion which Congress did with a disqualification provision which which Congress included and if you want to disqualify for insurrection or rebellion you have to have a u.s attorney or a federal prosecutor bring federal charges a grand jury has to indict or approve those federal charges you have to have a federal jury find the defendant guilty with with uh, unanimously guilty with evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that federal judge trial judge has to convict and that conviction must be uh, upheld on appeal that is the only way you can disqualify under Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment, and Democrats think that they can just have four partisan Democrat justices, operatives on the Colorado Supreme Court, in a four to three decision, just take them off the ballot in Colorado, right? And that's just not going to fly. Um, you know, it's all all seven justices. I, I live in Colorado and split my time between Colorado and D.C. All seven justices out here on the Colorado su- Supreme Court are Democrats. They're all appointed by Democrat governors. Four of them were so wacky with this ruling that three of their Democrat colleagues wrote blistering dissents, right? So the U.S. Supreme Court took this case. The Supreme Court is almost certainly going to—they're definitely going to slap down the Colorado Supreme Court. It should be nine to nothing if the three Democrat-appointed justices have any sense of justice and the law whatsoever, but this could be a six to three or a seven to two case. I think Elena Kagan will at least understand how crazy the Colorado Supreme Court acted here by just taking Trump off the ballot, how anti democratic that is. The Democrats pretend like they're saving democracy by destroying democracy. And the, the case that's even more egregious is you have this goofball, Maine secretary of state, this unelected, non lawyer secretary of state, Shanna Bellows thinks that she can just unilaterally decree that Trump committed an insurrection on January 6th, and therefore he goes off the ballot. Think about what happened on January 6th. January 6th was a lawful protest permitted by the National Park Service that devolved into a riot. Uh, How many insurrectionists go unarmed into a nation's capital? How many insurrectionists get to the Senate floor of a nation's capital walk through velvet ropes, follow police direction, take take selfies, and don't burn down the damn place. It was a lawful protest that devolved into a riot. It was not an insurrection. And if it were an insurrection, the Democrats, the January 6th Democrats and the Biden Justice Department, including Jack Smith, both of which spent tens of millions of dollars investigating January 6th, hunting for evidence of insurrection would have found that evidence and they would have charged Trump with with insurrection or aiding insurrection or conspiracy to commit insurrection. The evidence does not exist because it was not an insurrection. So the Supreme Court's going to smack down the Colorado uh Supreme uh Colorado Supreme Court. I imagine that the uh the I I hope that the main courts come to their senses very quickly and smack down the the main Secretary of State Shana Bellows and reverse these egregiously unconstitutional uh, republic-ending decisions where you're just going to take the, the leading presidential candidate off the ballot. If you can't beat him, you apparently impeach him and indict him and bankrupt him and gag him, and if that doesn't work, you just disqualify him. Uh, that's just not going to fly. So uh, that's where we are on that. The Supreme Court, like I said, will will resolve this quickly, I imagine. That would be great.
0: Now, I'll tell you what evidence does appear in January 6th. That evidence appears to prove the fact that it was lawful, but it it was a peaceful protest that turned into a riot. But big tech doesn't appreciate that because they are in the pockets of the uh, liberals, or they are liberals, either or, and they censor um, they censor conservatives who share proof of everything. Yeah, proof the, the the actual proof, and they go after them with the FBI. But I want to focus more on the censorship because I don't know if you know. I review alternative social media platforms, so I want to hear your take on this alternative parallel economy type of uh situation that we're trying
1: the consumers are trying to build well it's going to be hard to do and i'll tell you why it's because google amazon facebook and apple have gatekeeping power over um, information and commerce in the united states and frankly around the world these are trillion dollar big tech monopolists, and they control the internet and thank god for elon musk who spent 44 billion dollars on this terrible investment called Twitter, that's now called X, because otherwise we wouldn't have free speech right now in, in this country. We would have Twitter and Google and Facebook and Apple censoring, silencing, deep platforming, canceling. Um, the problem with these alternate platforms it's it's hard for them to get off the ground. Look what happened with Parler, right? The these Democrats who run these big tech uh, trillion dollar big tech monopolists said if you don't like twitter build your own this is before elon musk and so parlor did uh, parlor quickly got a very big valuation i think it was like a billion dollar valuation and it, it was starting to bring free speech online and so what happened you had google and apple collude to kick parlor off of out of the app store duopoly and then amazon kicked parlor off the internet so there goes your build your own argument where they were able to collude and crush the uh, collude and crush parlor in an instance. Like I said, thank God for Elon Musk, but we can't rely on benevolent billionaires like Elon Musk for free speech in this country. We have to do more than this. We have to update our century old antitrust laws and break up big tech. The whole point of these antitrust laws the Sherman act the Clayton act it's to it is to it's law enforcement it's not regulation it's law enforcement it's the opposite of regulation you are targeting these anti-competitive tumors on the free market you're breaking up google amazon facebook and apple so we can actually have competition we can actually have startups like parlor and other parallel social media platforms to which you're referring without them getting crushed right and you know it's uh, it's it's important that we do this. We we actually this is the one th- I've been very critical of President Biden, but I think the one area where I pre- think President Biden is getting it right is with his antitrust law enforcement. He appointed two good people uh, to run the Federal Trade Commission with Lena Khan, and then he uh, picked a very good person to run the J- Justice Department's. Antitrust division. And uh, these two antitrust law enforcement officers, the top law enforcement cops or the top antitrust law enforcement cops, are doing a very go- good job of holding big tech accountable. And they're actually working with Republican state attorneys general and Democrat state attorneys general to finally hold these big tech monopolists accountable Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. They have too much power and they use their power to uh, to uh, abuse the market, abuse competition, abuse their consumers. And that's why we have these antitrust laws on the books for 100 years so we can target these tumors. You hear Facebook calling for regulations. Of course, Facebook wants regulations because they're entry barriers to startup competitors, and it's a rounding error for Facebook to hire the lawyers and lobbyists and, and you know other types of people, accountants, You need to comply with these government regulations. These startup companies can't afford that. So that's why you hear trillion-dollar monopolists calling for regulations. What we need is to update and enforce our century-old antitrust laws and break up Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. Google should not own YouTube. Facebook should not own Instagram. We need to break up these Big Tech platforms. So we need them to be separate entities, separate companies, separate everything yeah let me t- let me give an example why if google competed against youtube instead of acquired youtube right when they have this you know 90 some percent market share of online search if, if they competed instead of acquired if google competed against youtube instead of acquired youtube there's no chance that google would be censoring conservatives and others with whom Google disagrees because they'd be competing for their business. When you don't have to compete for their business, you can abuse them, like censoring them, like deplatforming them, like canceling them. That's what monopolists get away with because they don't have competition.
0: Makes complete sense. So, but it doesn't look like we're going to get them to be broken up anytime soon, right?
1: Well, that's not actually not true. We have lawsuits uh, right now in the works, and there's a lawsuit by the Biden Justice Department that's breaking up Google's online advertising monopoly, and that's the silver bullets. Google is the worst monopolist of the four of the big tech monopolists: Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. It's really in that order, Um, and Google is the worst of the worst, and Google gets its money. By So what everyone thinks, oh, well, we have free Gmail, we have free Google searches, we have free Google Maps, free Google everything. Well, guess what? They're not a trillion dollar monopolist by giving out freebies. What they do is they give you cheap phones and free programs to use because they are a surveillance company. And they they gather as much data as they can on us, including our searches, our movements, what we say, what we hear. They gather as much as they can on each one of us, and they make digital dossiers on each one of us, and then they sell those digital dossiers to advertisers, right? And they control the online advertising market. They control the buy, sell, and trade side of that online advertising market. They are a monopolist with online advertising, right? If you break up that very lucrative online advertising market that Google monopolizes, That is the silver bullet. That's how you break up big tech's monopoly power. That's how you break up Google's behemoth power to control information and commerce around America and around the world. And so the Biden Justice Department, the antitrust division is pursuing that now. Uh, The uh, the other group I run, the Internet Accountability Project, in addition to the Article 3 Project, we strongly support this lawsuit. We have state attorneys general on this lawsuit, including the Virginia State Attorney General, uh, who's a Republican, so it's a very good thing. And if this is if this lawsuit is successful, uh, we're going to go a long way into breaking up Google's online uh, advertising monopoly and their their and therefore their their ability to control information and commerce.
0: Great, great, great,
1: great. So, like I said, there's a silver lining to the Biden presidency. This is the only thing that I think Biden is doing right is his appointments of two really good antitrust cops to help him run his two antitrust components in the the federal government.
0: Quick question. Does a VPN help solve us, save us from bringing the product
1: from big tech? Well, I don't know about, I don't know if it's the VPN that does it or not because it's just Google controls search Google, uh, they have an online monopoly on search, they have an online monopoly on ad tech or advertising, they have a, a, a monopoly on a lot of different, uh, uh, a lot of different products in the online markets, right? And that's the issue is, is to break up Google's monopoly. I mean, Amazon is also a behemoth, but, but Amazon has way too much power. They, they, they uh, you know, they, not only do they have the online marketplace pretty well dominated. They're starting to take over like Whole Foods and medicine. Like they they acquired Whole Foods. They acquired One Medical. So they have our medical data. You have Apple that controls uh, the half of the online app store duopoly with Google controlling the other half. So they're duopolist in the online um, app store uh, duopoly. And they these big tech companies just have too much power. And they they use that power to break into other product markets, and uh, it's just not a good thing when we have this concentrated power when you have four companies control so much information and commerce around the world.
0: Very true. Very true. Thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Hopefully, we can maybe get you on the show another time to discuss more. Guys, I hope to bring back the show more consistently before February 6th. And there will definitely be a podcast on February 6th. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: I really appreciate it. Only good things. And I will uh, see you uh, guys soon.